Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grown House Fandom. It's Shanae here, hitting you live. The podcast will be on Wednesdays for the next couple weeks, I think, since we're here, and I feel like people need time to listen to the episode, so I think Wednesdays is good. Sorry if I sound a little sick. I, so... Fun fact about me, I have, I'm like really like histamine sensitive, which means that like if I drink, because the drinks have like alcohol, like a little histamine in it, it makes my nose stop up, chocolate, nose stop up, dairy, nose stop up. But the thing is, I was in South Korea for six weeks and I had all of those things and nothing happened. And so I came back just eating like I normally do. And all of a sudden I'm all like stuffy and sneezy and all that good stuff. So Sorry, this podcast is presented by my sinuses. (laughs) All right, we have a lot to talk about today. I'm just curious to see what we're going to end up actually being able to cover today. I'm trying to keep all the episodes under an hour. I feel like that time work and even like a little shorter than that if we can so they're a little easier to get out okay so the first thing so okay so what's the theme of this episode I don't think this theme has like a this episode of a specific theme there's just a couple of things that I want to talk about and I guess we'll start with locals news so in locals news I want to talk about like should we talk about Netflix on this show I want to talk about Netflix I saw this show this movie called Gunpowder Milkshake and it's on Netflix I'm not going to suggest you watch it but I think it's I think it kind of dovetails nicely into this discussion we're going to have about Blackpink a little later so I watched this movie and I don't know if you guys know about this about me but I'm a huge action movie buff I keep trying to figure out how to develop an action pitch an action romantic comedy pitch because I'm just so passionate about it and so whenever a new action movie comes out I watch it and I usually measure it against some of my favorites actually one of my favorite action movies of all time is a Korean movie Man from Nowhere and if you've seen Man from Nowhere and John Wick borrows a lot of his influence from that movie as well and the thing about like action movies over the last five years is I feel like they all kind of like have this sort of like John Wickian effect where they're trying to build movies that have like very specific sort of what are we talking about the world is sort of like an assassin world and so they try to put things with an assassin world and then like a retired or otherwise disposed assassin going from an adventure that's like the the sort of theme to it and so this movie has that kind of i guess i think the issue with trying to like recreate these movies is that they a lot of times they sort of miss the point of why John Wick in particular is really really good like that movie is nothing without that Keanu Reeves performance that movie is nothing without the world that they created but sparingly used I feel like a lot of times people see that movie and they're like oh we just need like a cool world and it's just like heavy-handed but like the, the ultimate reason why the John Wick story works is that it's like a very very simple premise executed with an actor that was literally born for that role so Gunpowder Milkshake has a similar thing where she's an assassin, I guess. I don't know. But the thing about the movies when they star women is that men cannot conceive of a world in which a woman's main struggle does not have anything to do with motherhood, mothering, or their reproductive organs. This actually reminds me of Black Widow. Because I was like watching Black Widow 
And it's a really good movie. Actually, is it a good movie? Yeah, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good movie. I'm not ready to talk about that movie yet. Let me know if you want me to talk about that movie. But the, one of the things in Black Widow is that Black Widow is that they like take they take out all of their reproductive organs so that they cannot have babies. And it's like a huge like flaw in the characters. Like, and I can't have kids. And, blah, 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 blah. and I just thought that this was just like an odd choice that it would be like a preoccupation when she has all this other shit going on with her. And that's sort of like I mean, it was like a main plot point in that horrible second Avengers movie. And so, and and so then in this movie, there's this thing about her not being a mother but sort of being a mother to a child and she has weird relationships with her mother and it's about mothering and one of the things about the character is that you know she has issues with her mom and like kid and all that stuff and I just am like is there a world in which we can perceive of women having issues that don't have anything to do with motherhood and it's like this thing about like the male gaze and how men see women and that they see women as literally their only goals are to have kids and be wives. They don't really, I don't think when men, when men write women, they can't really perceive of women having other issues or desires or questions outside of those desires. And so when they build movies around it, that's what they do. And so this movie was about that, but it just was like, it just it just didn't work because the rest of the story around it didn't make sense because again it's like this thing where i think that like it's so weird that white men you know are a group of people and i put this on twitter so you've already seen this before if you follow me on twitter like white men have like so little institutional problems but despite the fact of having so few institutional problems they are given sort of like this huge breadth of emotional range in which they can play in like for some reason they have all these issues and like there are so many movies that have that have rewarded men for being men in situations that are just like okay and it's like why can't we allow women to have that range why can't women have questions about their existential reality and have their questions about existential reality without it being attached to motherhood because you see this in all genres of films where it's like whenever somebody is considering the nature of their life a lot of it is about their decision to or to not have kids to be and to not be in a relationship versus like the existential questions of like you know what the fuck is going on like in in sort of talking about work and all these other things so I just thought that that was really interesting especially in the context of what I'm going to say about uh Blackpink because it just always is the thing where when we allow men to be in charge of the destinies of women and these stories of women and like you don't want to say that right you want to be like okay everybody can create whatever but the truth is is that I feel like a lot of men do not understand how women work and like I was like who, I mean, who wrote this fucking movie and of course it was like two men who thought it would be cool to have like this assassin who and her mother's relationship and like that's what they care about and the other thing that's really interesting about this movie is that whenever men men right women who are like badasses or fighters or something they believe that the only convincing way that you could do it is that you take their emotional capacity away from them so like all the women that you see in like movies like atomic blonde all this stuff they are rendered emotionless because there's this idea and then i was like watching this movie as well with what's her name she has red hair she won an oscar i forget her name but her for her film as well she like she's in this movie and she's meant to play this assassin and so the performances of the women or the way that they're taught to perform this role is to kind of like be cold and feeling because i guess that's the only way you can be a 
convincing killer because I guess like there's the motherly instinct again versus like I said men who are literally gleefully killers like there's just like this sort of like gleeful killing that they can do or they can have personality or they can I mean the thing about John Wick that's really interesting is that he had like this sort of touch of humor to him and warmth and for women they're like they can't do that and they have to be sort of cold badasses bitches with really blunt haircuts and i think this is worth because the girl who plays the main thing i think or karen's mulligan or whatever she's really good in jumanji she's really good in the avengers movies and the reason why she's good in jumanji because she does kind of have a very because she plays she has done action work before right and so in Jumanji, she really convincingly plays somebody who has a real, a lot of physicality in addition to having a personality and issues and stuff that she's, she's sort of grappling with outside of like motherhood. Ugh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so I just want to talk about Gunpowder Milkshake. Have you seen it? Let me know. It's a really bad movie and it's a bad movie. Like I said, it's because it doesn't let women be fully fleshed out people who have personalities and lives outside of this sort of like, like being a mom and being a fucking wife. And then like the movie's just bad for so many reasons. And then it's just sort of like throwing all these amazing actresses in there who are like badass characters for the sake of nothing and give them like nothing to do. <sighs> it's not good. It's not a good film. So yes, that's good power milkshake. I just want to talk about it. I just want to rant about it. And I think this goes nicely what we talk about. So we're going to talk about uh, black pink next. So I've said a bunch of times before that I think that Blackpink is the future. I think that they are amazing. I think that they have it all. I think they're well positioned and I think they're really popular. So why aren't they more popular? Especially since, you know, I, I so I've talked about this before about sort of the Gen, Gen Z and how they're very different in their sensibilities to millennials. And I guess what we're calling like older Gen Z people. So like the people who are coming up, I feel like that they're going to be less sensitive and excited about the sort of boyfriend experience. I think they're going to be sort of less sort of open to the the kind of close-mindedness of k-pop and all this stuff and they're going to be looking for something else and i just think that the next like i said i said this last week that i don't think the next bts is going to be a male group i think it's going to be a i think that okay so here's what i think i think it's either not going to happen at all right there's not going to be another bts or it's going to be a girl group. And so why isn't it Blackpink? And for a while there, it seemed like Blackpink and BTS were neck and neck. And then I feel like especially during the pandemic, they sort of just like pulled away and BTS became far and away more popular than Blackpink, which is weird because they released How You Like That. They released the album and stuff like that. So why is it different? Like what is the sort of like the mismanagement around them? And so I wanted to sort of like take a deep dive into Blackpink today, especially as a blink myself. I am a blink. Jesus, my bias. I have, I watched their concerts. I watched the premieres of their stuff, all that stuff. And so let's do a deep dive into the Blackpink brand and sort of talk through what we think is really going on with the Blackpink brand and stuff like that. I think the biggest 
sort of like a noticeable difference between Blackpink and say a BTS or even some of the other groups is that there's just a real lack of strategy as far as doing anything in between releases because basically what happens with Blackpink is that they'll release something they'll do something and they'll do a little promo for it so like promo for Blackpink includes like a Instagram post by each of the members and like maybe a little video and then it's out and then we experience it. It's all there. Da, 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 and then it goes away. And then they go away for months. And you don't hear a peep from them outside of their individual pages. But yeah, I think the first thing is that the connection between Blackpink, like, you just do not hear from them. And it's really, it's, it's really different because I guess like it depends on your perspective. Because if you do follow them on Instagram, I guess you hear from them through the, the lens of like photos and stuff like that. But that's not real communication. And I, I I think it's it's hard to compare what they're doing to BTS now because I feel like BTS is doing this less right like they were known for always having doing lives and communicating really heavily with their audience and that's not something that they really do as much these days anymore like they're like they for butter and these other things they did the same thing where they just sort of like release it and put pictures and the hysteria is built around them and Blackpink does that, but I think that the vibe of the audience is just not the same. It's not the same. And I think it's because if you like Blackpink, you like them as artists, but you don't really like them as people because you don't really know a ton about them. One of the things about BTS and what they've managed to do really, really well, whether or not you believe them or not, right? Because a lot of you guys reach out to me and tell me, oh, I don't know if this is all real and stuff like that. Or whenever me and my friends are like, stop being so fucking delusional. You're just a bitch that likes Nam June. One of the things that we like to say to each other is that like, you don't really know Nam June. This version of Nam June is not real. He, it is a kind of like a, a brand that he puts out for the sake of image. But the thing is, is that whenever there's so many arts, there's so many kind of bands out there that I'll ask about. And you'll be like, so what are they like? And I think that people really struggle to explain people a lot of times because despite like the efforts that other bands make to brand personalities around K-pop idols, I think that the the success of that really depends on the idol. So like even if we pull from another band like GOT7, which is my other alt group, I feel like I could easily describe some of the members but like jb who is my i would say my bias you know i don't really believe in biases but i think that for got seven jb is definitely my guy i have no clue how to describe him because he's very you know he's very protective and he's not trying to really get us let us get to know him in that way i mean we can talk about whether or not that is to the detriment of the band as a whole and i'd say that like Actually, now that I think about it, I think a lot of the members of GOT7 are really good at branding vibes, but their personalities are harder to get a read on. That's not true. I feel like Jin Young, I totally get. Bam Bam, I totally get. Jackson, do I get Jackson? I feel like Jackson is a knowable type of person. But the thing about BTS is that 
I feel like it does not take long at all to get a read on their personalities that they're really, really good at giving you a picture of who they are, or at least uh, a version of them that you can get behind really quickly. So I know that a lot of you guys talk about how we don't really know shit about Jen, but even if we don't know about Jen, we know him enough to want the best for him and to feel connected to him. And so I think that one of the biggest reasons why BTS is successful is because their success feels really personal because they have done a lot of work to make us think that we know them and that we're really connecting with them. And the veil of that has been really been brought down for, for our good and our bad, I would say. It depends on the day when you ask me <laughs> whether or not I think it's good or not. But I think that that makes a big difference when it comes to the gap that exists between BTS and and Blackpink is because Blackpink fans are really, really passionate. But I don't think they're passionate in a way that is as personal as the connection that BTS ARMY has with their th- because of the really intense emotional personality connection so that people really, really identify with these people. And BTS does a lot of effort to that. And Blackpink doesn't do that. Like Blackpink comes, they sing their songs, they do their thing, they say, thank you, Blanks, we love you. And then they bounce. And when you combine that with, like I said, with the the movie with, you know, I think a lot of these K-pop companies have such a narrow range in which they expect these K-pop idol girls specifically to act and to communicate and to express themselves. I think that there is just such a stigma against them being truly themselves and just going out there and talking, then they're harder to get to know versus the men, which are like their chaos and personality is sort of like a part of the whole thing. And then, like I said, Blackpink especially has a reputation. Like, I think somebody was, like, voting how, like, oh, they put Blackpink back in the dungeon. I was like, shit, this is not, like, a. it's not good that people, like, can think about Blackpink of being put in and out of a dungeon. That's not good <laughs> at all. But that's, what I feel like, what the vibe is is Blackpink is that you don't really know them they're really entertainers now I as a Blackpink fan I find this relationship encouraging I think it's nice to have like a very casual relationship with an artist and and I, I, I I mean despite I don't know like does does this this podcast help bts at all probably not despite like the fact that i feel like i have like an intense relationship with bts i don't think that my behavior is any different between the two of them like my top played song last year was how do you like that and like i think my fifth song was pretty savage like i'd be stream i stream i stream black pink because i love their songs like like i would say that so like i said i became an army last the june june of 20 i think literally i think it was may or june it was whenever the the protests were is when i became an army so i did not have the only eras that i have had as like ones to actually like uh be a part of are dynamite i guess uh, stay gold 
I didn't even know what was happening. My like my the, my involvement did not really pick up until earlier this year. So yeah, dynamite, B, and then butter. And I would say that I definitely stream songs from Blackpink probably more, even though I listen to those other songs. Like they're definitely in there the same way. And so I listen to Blackpink a lot, but I don't have like the they don't torture me in the same way. But I do wonder if the torturing of like being tortured and feeling like that is a part of what is gonna take a band over the top. Do you know what I mean? That's just, that's the question I have. I was like, do you need to be obsessed and in love with the artist in order to propel them to the place that they need to be? Like, because because remember earlier I was like, oh, I think it's a girl group. But then, like you said, like the thing, the the love aspect to it is a big part of it, and people feel really. And and I like I said, I don't know if that can be recreated with girl group because, so like if we like take this back. And we were go go way back to like when I was growing up, like the first CD I bought was I think TLC. So I really liked TLC. I was obsessed with the Spice Girls. I love Britney Spears. I love Christina Aguilera. I loved all of those artists. And so thinking about like what makes them popular is sort of like this sort of interesting brand of idealism and empowerment. And I do wonder, and I feel like you get some of that with Etsy. I think the issue with finding the K-pop girl groups empowering, inspiring, and stuff like that is I think that it's because you can feel the restraint. So they don't ever feel really free enough for you to idealize them in some ways. And if you're a girl group fan, please tell me if I'm wrong. But I like thinking about this from a strategic perspective, I think they're seen as more like I hate to say that. Like, like, for example, when people talk about twice, you know, for me, I just feel like twice they're so good. Like they're really, really good, but they're, it's just like, it's just about their beauty and the way they're presented. You can't even really get into the goodness of them because they're, the positioning is that they're just sort of like very glamorous. So when we, yeah. So when we talk about idealism and like, and of course, like what we idealize really changes with the times. And so what we what we were idealizing back in the 90s and now is totally different. And so that's why I like, like, that's what I'm trying to think. Like, when we look at a K-pop idol or, or who's a woman, do we feel empowered? Or like, according to the messages that y'all send me, which by the way, I'm still sorting through the messages. I try to answer through them all. I'm so behind is that you say that you feel bad for them and you feel scared for them or they trigger you. And I, I, I wish I knew some younger k-pop fans so that i could ask them too do they feel the same way do they feel triggered by it do they feel like that about it and that's a part of the other reason why blackpink isn't so big but at the same time blackpink is there like so for how you like that okay okay and then here's the other big questions about blackpink right so the big argument or the big sort of questions around blackpink is always like and by the way, Blackpink fans are known to be very, very passionate. So they're not necessarily any less passionate about Blackpink, even though they don't know them. So but anyway, so Blackpink 
streaming numbers. So the big question is always, are their streaming numbers so high because they're really popular or are their streaming numbers so high because they post so little? So before 2020, it was like you would get maybe one video. I think in 2019, it was just Kill This Love. Let's actually look. Okay, so I'm looking at their YouTube channel now. I will say this. I love how how much closer their their views are. Do you know like one of my least favorite things about the BTS views around the different members is the discrepancy between like JK and everyone else. Like it'll be like 4 million. It'll be 2 million, 1 million. You know, I saw this on TikTok and maybe it's my audience. I don't know a ton of JK stands. I know that there's a few of you who are JK stands, but most of you guys are young line stands with a couple of Tay Tay stands. I know that JK JK stands are the most popular, and like I see their uh, fucking numbers, but they're very quiet. Like there's not many TikTokers who are exclusively JK fans. There's not, uh, you just don't hear from them much. And I wonder if it's because I know that JK stands have a bit of a, like a reputation. Like, I know that a lot of times people will be like, if you ask people like who their uh, sort of favorite is and they say JK, you're like, oh. And I think the reason because of that, it's because when there are like crazy stories of stuff happening, it is a lot of it is JK fans, like, you know, people getting his tattoos, people buying his laundry detergent, all that stuff tends to be JK fans, but I don't know. Like, so I know there's a couple of you guys, but yeah, there's not really many in my universe. And I just wonder if it's just my corner. I don't have a bias. Like, it's so funny because I guess I claim Namjoon sort of, but I am such a hoe. Like if you, by the way, are you following my Instagram? You should follow it on my Instagram. I just, on my Instagram, people are like, is your bias Tay? And I'm like, what's a bias? What's a bias? Although I feel like this is only for BTS. For other places, for other people, I have like a strong bias preference. For example, uh, Subin is my TXT bias. JB is my GOT7 bias. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going back. And so, yeah, the only video that they put out as far as a music video in 2019 was Kill This Love. And so, like, every single year, it seems like there's only one to two music videos versus BTS has, I want to say they put out, so, like, in 2020, they put out On Black Swan, On Black Swan, Stay Gold, Dynamite, and Life Goes On. And while also doing in the soup and all this other shit and having like run BTS. So I think that's the other thing is that like, because they, they put out stuff. So just like not often they, I feel like their numbers are automatically higher. And then like their communication is not very clear. Like right now it's saying four plus one project the fifth anniversary have they only been around for five years wow 
But yeah, so just like that's just like a conversation around. I think the other thing about Blackpink is that like I feel like they're marketed a lot more as individuals and they have individual contracts and individual commitments and they all are doing things on their own which I don't know if that's a benefit or not I think despite everything BTS seems to have everybody in BTS's number one priority seems to be BTS even when there's mixtapes and stuff like that so it's much easier to support them as a unit and have things all be together like I said I do wonder if the fact that like they all have campaigns and stuff for different places and they all do things takes away from their power as a group uh, so that's another thing too and so like what would I do <sighs> if if I was marketing for Blackpink or if I was on Blackpink's team so like I know that they're having a movie that's coming out I liked their other Netflix special I thought it was fun I feel like even though they didn't really share a lot about themselves I feel like I got a better sense of them and it made me like them all a lot better I think that they all have fun personalities and like if you watch their like individual vlogs they're really fun so I think that like leaning more into that I think that also if Blackpink can be really empowerment and message forward picking a message and sticking with it I think one of the biggest issues with a lot of the k-pop artists is that they sort of have these messages but they hold on to them so loosely and they feel they feel very buried that they don't really actually empower people in a way that like say the music from BTS does I know that Itzy tends to try to make messages in their songs, but they just doesn't, it just doesn't feel whatever. So I feel like if Blackpink would, as a strategy, make a really good point, really, really focus on having kind of a really core message through their music, whether it's empowerment or work or whatever. And I think that like sharing their authentic selves, because again, I think that that's like the big breakthrough for people is if you can actually, if we can actually get some sense of who you actually are and what you actually go through beyond your personality you'll have an edge on even bts and so if and i think that rose's gone gave that a little bit and i think that's why it did really really well And i think we like push that as a whole like i said i do wonder if the way that they're like they're like like i said feel very individual kind of hurts their case but yeah i would definitely be like okay blackpink what is our message like do we have a symbol or something that we can sort of like encourage with the blinks that they can really get behind i think i've talked before about how so much of like the success of bts is because we're called army and so like some type of signature or whatever that kind of connects bts connects blackpink together like i said i think that like really showcasing their personalities and creating opportunities for them to uh be fun there they were on the knowing bros was it the knowing bros or this other show and they were great and i was like blackpink is fucking awesome and so giving them a chance to do that more, I think would be really good. And being really clear with the social media strategy, actually having them be a part of the social media strategy. I think this is an issue with BTS as well. I guess all millennial groups don't really know how to use sort of the social media to its greatest capacity. But I do think, like I said, the individual members like Rose and Jenny 
seem to be better at it on their own, but I think as a unit, they could do a better job with utilizing social media and developing a really clear communication style with their audience because it feels like they don't really, because I feel like, like I said, BTS's rise is really due to VLive. And while there's like a few V lives, like I feel like there's not any iconic moments that people can go to back over and over again with the V lives from Blackpink. So I think that there could be more. And that's the other thing that's another big part of BTS is that because they put out so much content, they're extremely memeable. And Jisoo is memeable. She's so funny, but like I said, she gets so so few opportunities to be out. Like for example, from like the huge thing that came out of that movie, it's like it's not good. it's not bad, but it's not good or something like that. Remember when she said that in the movie? She's so funny. So just giving them more chance to like showcase themselves and all that stuff. But anyway, that's like our discussion about Blackpink. What do you think about Blackpink? Do you think that they could be next? Do you think that like, oh, oh, another big part of this is that like, you know, they're is wondering if they're going to get absorbed into Big Hit. I know some people think that that's what's going to happen next. YG is literally an organization that has no clue what the fuck that they are doing. And they have bought shares into YG. and. I'm wondering if Big Hit will absorb them completely. I'm curious to see what the money flow looks like at Big Hit and if they still have all this money to throw around. I'd be curious. I'd also be curious to see how the income is stacking up from these other places and what's really happening within all that. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Okay, so... I don't want to talk about this too much, but I wanted to just touch on the fact that, you know, this happened last week that BTS was appointed as a special presidential envoy for future generations and culture by President Moon. I thought I would put into context a little bit about this for iArmy or for iArmy from my experience in South Korea. So President Moon is actually, and I don't know if this is directly a part of this or not, but I think that it's important to say within this context is that President Moon is actually not very popular in South Korea right now. I don't know if you know much about the South Korean, if you know much about South Korean politics and what happens there, um, there's a lot of corruption within the government. People actually think that President Moon might actually go to jail. In fact, the last two presidents of Korea have all gone to jail. I think the last couple have all gone to jail for different type of scandals. And President Moon is under fire for a couple of different things, one of which is with his handling of the pandemic, which I know as Americans, when I was there, it felt like it was comparably good, but the vaccination rollout has not been good. And so they're reliant they're relying a lot on sort of the culture of South Korea to keep everybody safe. And so so I do think that it is interesting within the context of BTS. So is President Moon leaning a little bit on BTS for good press and to become good favor for the government and for the world? I would say so. I think it is interesting because before I went, my only experience with President Moon is that he was very pro-BTS and he was very much somebody who brought BTS in the fold, would say stuff about BTS and stuff like that as a fan BTS, which of course BTS is South Korea's one uh, at least one of their biggest imports exports I would say that K-dramas is also a big export 
And so I just wanted to mention that, you know, I think that the role itself is, like I said, it probably is another effort to elevate the BTS, BTS status from idols to something greater so that they can an exemption from enlistment. It also puts the permission to dance sort of thing and very much more into focus. Now, this is a big question of what came first, the chicken or the egg. Was it that they had been in conversation with President Moon for a while and with the government? Because I, I just... There's no way that the people at HYBE have not not been in communication with the government about getting their enlistment postponed more or sort of, sorry, we're not saying that, sorry, the E word, the, the, the E word sort of pushed back or getting them excluded altogether just because for the sort of the financial efforts, because like the thing about HYBE right now, and I have to look at the paperwork really, really like closely is that they're running out of time, right? Like as this, the COVID sort of marches on and we have a second wave and it looks like we might be going into lockdown again. It seems as though as we move forward, they are going to try to push that back and it is on my opinion that this is like an agreement with the government in order to a mostly mutually beneficial thing because if they can sort of get so the biggest issue with postponing enlistment is sort of like the kind of korean reputation and how it's looked upon but if they can sort of like elevate them so that they're not just idols but they have these other designations that kind of help kind of make it to where it's not just because like I think a couple of months ago there was an article that was just like you know we're not going to exclude idols so now I think that the strategy is to give them more designations give them more power really demonstrate that they are cultural assets which is one of the designations for getting excused from enlistment is being a cultural figure in fact I think that's what the actual language is a cultural figure of great importance or something like that who like is in charge of being advocates for South Korean culture so that kind of makes it so I do think that the designation is more about that I do wonder if sort of like the we are the world permission to dance sing of it is connected to this and the fact that they were announced pretty close together I don't think that that's a coincidence so I just wanted to clock that I think that they're going to do a great job. I like I know that there is probably some concern about the music and sort of what uh, sort of role they will have to play within the Korean government and how that will impact the quality of their music and what comes out next. I guess we will have to wait and see what actually does come out next. I mean, that being said, Olivia Rodrigo was just at the White House to talk about getting vaccines. And I don't think she's going to be changing her music anytime soon. But of course, the governments are different. So we, we don't know. We actually don't know what this is going to look like. I just want to clock that and bring it up for discussion. Like I said, my opinion is that this is a strategy to get BTS out of the E-word. Even though, like I said, I'm pro E-word. But it just doesn't look like they're going to go. Like, I just don't think that they're... If they go, I will be shocked. It's just such a fumbled bag for everybody involved. I say this every week. Um, what's the water? I am pro enlistment. We could all use a fucking break. All of us <laughs> could use a fucking break. Um, 
but I just don't think they're going to go. I just don't think that they're going to go, especially not with this being added on to everything else. Because like I said, it's all about making it to, to where they're more than idols. Because if they're more than idols, it makes them more qualified to get excluded versus them just being idols. I know that a lot of former generation fans are like, but what about our fans? And it's just like, well, they've not done what BTS has done, unfortunately. So I just wanted to clock that. Okay, so next thing we're going to talk about, God, this podcast. So we're supposed to do... We're supposed to go over Map of the Soul this week, but like, yo, can we talk about, okay, so one of my, I'm going to already like launch into one of my critiques of Map of the Soul, which uh, is the first album I ever listened to by BTS, and it means a lot to me, is that shit is long. Map of the Soul 7 is about three or four songs too long, like, Let's see, maybe we split it in half. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah, twenty songs. So we're supposed to go through Map of the Soul. And so I ha so I feel like let's do that now. And then I have a couple more news items to talk about. Fucking like a fucking lot going on. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right, should we do that now? Or should we do our news item? Let's okay, 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 okay. Let's ignore all that. So we're gonna do Map of the Soul in a second. Map of the Soul Seven, and what we're gonna do after I I talk about this one news thing because I feel like we need this for after what I'm gonna talk about next is one two three four five. So we're gonna do the first ten songs. So we're gonna talk about Persona, Boy with Love, Make It Right, uh, Dionysus, Interlude, Shadow, Black of the Swan, Filter, My Time. Okay, we'll do that. Now. Okay, so for okay, so we're gonna talk about. The fact that for the BBC One, uh, BBC, okay, also we were supposed to talk about 17 this week. Uh, there's so much to talk about, but I really want to talk about this. And then we'll talk about 17 if we can fit it. In. Okay, so BTS covered I'll Be Missing You, which is a song that it's so funny because, you know, it's you, you see little, you know, when you grow up, and this is only gonna apply to my my black listeners, I think. And there's like little pieces of your culture. Well, I guess this applies to everybody. There's like pieces of your culture that you don't realize are parts of your culture until you get older and you get exposed to other people and you realize that it's like not a thing for everyone. For example, like like <laughs> like I see stuff on Twitter all the time. And I'm like, oh, that's like a black thing. Um and so I'll be missing you as a song that gets played at funerals and events and stuff like that is something that is very much a black thing. And I didn't realize that this didn't happen in other places until I got much older. And it's a song that means a lot to the the black community and it has for the last 25 years because it's for Biggie. But also, like I said, it's a memorial song. It's often played at wakes and funerals and stuff like that. And like I said, I, th I said this on Instagram, I've heard it at every single sort of like either it's at a funeral or if I'm like at a family reunion or a something like that when we're sort of honoring the many dead because we're fucking black and black people we we sorry not to get dark <laughs> sorry I'm not laughing but like there's a lot of death in black communities for a lot of structural reasons that I won't get into here um so it's a song that you hear a lot 
And so when I heard they were covering and I was like, uh, I think it's just one of those things where it's just like, don't even go there. And I know, listen, hype, 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 mole, if you're still listening. I know that you might not have liked that I talked so much about, I, I, I listen, I talk about a lot of stuff here, but you can email me, o at heysinead.com. Just email me at this point because it's like and I don't know like maybe they just don't care enough because ultimately it doesn't matter but I do think that I, I guess it depends on whether or not they're gonna get the Grammy this year and some of these other accolades and stuff like this because one of BTS's big sort of vision dreams is to be considered is to be taken seriously by the musical community and to be and like I said your belief in that as a valid pursuit is going to vary. I don't think it fucking matters. Who fucking cares? But I do think that it would behoove them if they want to actually stand among some of these peers as as respected peers versus like a lot of what's what is happening now. And I say this as somebody who is obsessed with BTS, literally this, you know, l- listen to me, is, you know, being pushed there by the strength of your audience, right? And so if they want that, one of the things that they are going to have to do is be more culturally sensitive and not be so fucking dense. Like they make, and it's not like, it's, I don't like, I can't tell if it's being dense or not, right? Like I think they know enough to be aware that this is a fucking memorial song to Biggie, but it is dense to take a song that is meant to be a memorial song for Biggie and turn it into a song that's about missing army at fucking concerts. I'm sorry. It is dense. It's disappointing that they would do that. And it's just like silly. Like I ah, like pick another song. I think one of you guys really accurately pointed out just, just, just cover the original sting song because you don't have all this baggage that you have to wade through and you don't have to be inappropriate in this way because it is inappropriate and the thing is is that's why i call it dense because i don't think they mean anything by it i think that a lot of times with black culture and this is like the thing about being black right and sort of having your culture taken and having things taken from you and it's so funny because like i've experienced this even as a k-pop creator because you'll say things and you'll do things And they'll just be like a part of you and they're just like a part of your personality and you're just expressing themselves and people will take them and they don't mean anything by it, by taking them. It's just, I think it's what people do. And, and, and when black people create things that feel, I guess, cool, I don't know. It's just, so like, I think that people, everybody in all cultures are trained to take stuff from black communities and especially k-pop does this at such an an extreme degree and it's really interesting because you don't really see a lot of the the that on bts as much anymore but the taking and so basically the idea that you just have the song that's about this and you just take it for your use for your love of army is something that is just i don't know it's just an, it's indicative and and i know that people are gonna like hear me say this 
and say that I'm like getting too far up my ass and this stuff. And I typically, and I typically am not somebody who gets on here and sort of like goes off about race within the K-pop community because I think that it's sort of like a, a very complicated issue. And I think that a lot of this conversation around K-pop um, and race is ones that uh, this is a whole, that's a whole other story. But this specifically, it just is so specific. I don't know if it's like, it's, it feels personal because it's my community and just taking it and being like, we miss ARMY, we'll be missed. Like, shut the fuck. I, I love Namjoon. Listen, <laughs> I love Namjoon. I love them. I love BTS. But this was just like, it just isn't it. And you know, I'll say what I say and I love them. And I feel like this podcast will, again, is going to get me in trouble. One of these podcasts is really going to get me in trouble. But, like, I just, it's inappropriate. And the thing that makes it worse, and I think that what makes it so, like, frustrating is that it's such a simple fix. It's so simple. Like, if you want to cover the song, you just have to say one thing to make it better. And I think a lot of people will be like, well, you know, the people who created it, da, 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 da. like, people have no choice but to recognize BTS. Because if you don't, you'll get attacked. You know what I mean? Like, they are whatever. So, like, that's not really a way of doing it. But, like, you can't, like, and then also that's the thing. Ah, this shit is so fucking complicated. I hate that I even have to think about this. This is why it's like, just don't cover this fucking song. <sighs> anyway, like, the simple way that you do this is you say something along the lines of, and I don't know what I, I said this, I, I like, I was on uh, TikTok not TikTok, Instagram. And I sort of said, and I also put this on Instagram, on Twitter, what I would say if I worked for BTS. And it's something along the lines of like, you know, this song is a memorial song for Biggie. And it's a song that means that is about, you know, like some memorial for Biggie and it's about loss. And given our current circumstances and how as a, a whole world, we're experiencing so loss and and we're dealing with the loss and the side effects of that loss, which one one of which is, you know, not being able to see ARMY. We thought this song would bring comfort to people who have lost a lot of people and are feeling sort of a lot of pain around what's going on. Something along those lines where you can sort of recognize and clock that ARMY is on your mind in this way without having to explicitly say like, you know, we've been missing you. We've been missing ARMY. Like, I just think that Namjoon is smarter than that. Or I would hope, I would hope that he would be smarter than that. So that's what I would do. And that's the change. And again, it's just one of those things where it's just so fucking unnecessary. Cover another fucking song. I'm sorry. Like, it's just like, just like, and then again, it's just so easy. If you just have one, you don't need, like, you don't even need to hire them. You don't even need to hire them. But like I said, stuff like this is what makes people not take BTS seriously. Like, I mean it. Like, like if you are like an artist and you respect that song and you respect them and you look at this, you are going to see them in a specific way and you're going to see them as not being as plugged in. And I know that people want to chop this up to like cultural ignorance, but I just, at this point, I really hate that argument when it comes to Korean culture and all that stuff. People are like, they don't know. Like if you know enough to like, to, to cover it, you should know enough about it. You know, <sighs> so like fucking annoying like is it just one per like how is it 
that Hype has all the space to make all these fucking expansions and they can do all this shit and spend all this money, but they can't afford to have at least one PR person on the BTS team that has international experience who can be like literally the thing that makes this so frustrating is that bts has such an intense system they have a rigorous system for everything everything there's a rigorous system for fucking everything just plug somebody into that system to where because i know that like all this stuff gets approval and all this stuff whatever okay here's the structure of all this the shit that happens like anything that comes out it goes through this person, it goes through this person, this person, this person. And then it goes through the best, like a person who's literally on retainer. They can literally live here. It's just as simple as an email that's like, hey, we'll just, I'll just use myself, right? Hey, Shanae, the boys are going to be uh, covering uh, this song. I know that it's a song that's pretty important. Like, I, like, even if I'm not black, right? Like, I know it's an American song and it's a memorial song for Biggie. We want to make sure that because he said that too, like RM and again, this could be like faulty translations, right? So like, I think that I think a lot of people were like, oh, like he was struggling with the English, which I understand. And I'll give I'll, I'll give that grace. But again, that's what a PR person is there for, right? A PR person can be like, here's the exact words to say. And what I said earlier, RM could have copied that, right? He knows how to do it. He's done it a million times. But yeah, it's like, hey, A, the guys are going to be covering I'll Be Missing You. Is there anything we should know? Is there anything that we should look out for? Anything like that? Just let us know. Or we can set up a call with the guys so that you can tell them exactly or you can email us what you would like for them to say and then the person on the other line it's me be like yeah so i don't know i i i would say like hey personally i would not cover the song i would give them some alternatives that gets towards the same meaning because the original email is like oh we're gonna cover i'll be missing you because we're missing army and we thought it'd be good and then i would be like Hey, listen, it's a great song, but I don't think it's appropriate to lose it within this context. If you want to have the same impact and sort of have something that's equally eye-catching and cool, here are some options that might be good alternatives. And I would like give them a list of songs that uh, I think would be better for that. Again, that's what PR people do. That's what branding people do is that they steer the strategy. And so it's just that easy. That person doesn't even have to be on staff they can just be on retainer it's like having a lawyer bts please 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 i know i don't want to do i <laughs> like i'm working myself out of marketing but please oh at haitian.com you can reach out to me just just you can just reach out to me it's fine i won't tell anybody um <laughs> but yeah that's my feelings about that as far as the cover itself not my thing again somebody said why didn't they just cover because like the the instrumentation and the arrangement was very close to the original sting song and it's like why didn't they just cover the sting song you know so that is it just like to my ear the um my ear just wasn't into it and it just and, and, and like I said it's probably a taste thing but the instrumentation and the mixing I don't know what's going on over there with BTS and the mixing right now but to me it just wasn't hitting so yeah that's that's those are my feelings about that let's move on so like I said I we were gonna cover 17 
I don't think we're gonna have time. Thirty. So it's 30, 20, 30, 15. No, we're not gonna have time. I will say, mm-hmm. I so I recently have been trying to expand my palette. And I have encountered or discovered a couple people. And for 17, I think who caught my eye was Vernon. Because Vernon, so you know how like the the for you page will pick something out, somebody out for you. Like you'll be like, and and your for you page will be like, actually, here's Vernon from 17 or here's this person from this or like even I am. He was like, picked for me from Monstex. And so Vernon was picked for me for 17. And so I wanted to talk about their comeback. And I guess we'll just talk about a little bit of it now, right? We'll talk about, I guess we'll just do it. We're doing it. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. So what do I think about 17? So I'm still diving in. I don't really know. I know S Coops. I know Menu. Menu? Menu, right? Because Sasha loves Menu, right? Let me look up the names let's see first of all there are so many members i don't know how y'all keep track so you have yoon yes mingyu mingyu is a member of the 97 line and my friend sasha loves him he girl i know trouble when i see it and he's six two. Rest. I feel bad for all those girls or all those people who's fucking with him because, girl, April. Oh, he's an Aries, girl. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I know Mingyu. I know Woozy. I know Vernon. I know Wanu. And I think I know Joshua. Joshua's a member too, right? Or DK. Yeah, Joshua and DK. Those are the ones that I know in the group, in the eight. And I think it's so interesting. Their vibe is so different. Again, there's a lot of members, so I'm just getting to know them. I really liked the the song that just came out where they're in, they're sort of in, what is, what is up with K-pop in like the racetrack lately? Is like what's going on? Have you noticed that there's been a lot of racetrack stuff? Let's look at it. And then the Ready to Love video. Oh, that's it. And Don't Want to Cry. Let's look at them some more. So what's interesting about Seventeen is, like I said, there's a lot of fucking members. And they all have really unique, interesting vibes. I know that Seventeen is pretty popular. Yes. Their synchronization. Oh, here. Here's a song. Let me turn it off. The song is like, I really like that song. I don't know. The vibe is just very different with this group. I feel like they're the most, like, they just feel very K-pop to me. But their looks are all very unique. And you know how, but yeah, I would just say that they're just like, I don't know, they feel like a, like a little, like a unit. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but they're very synchronized. The way that they dance is crazy how they're able to keep everybody in alignment and stuff like that. And from what I read, they, they, they sort of are self-produced. So they make the songs and stuff themselves, which is really cool. I just, um, 
I don't know if Vernon is my biased or not. Vernon's not really my type. I just feel like he, I feel like he's too uh, hot for me. Like he's too, is he from, he's from, he's from America, right? I was going to say Vernon looks like he's from, yes, that's right. Sasha told me he's from New York. Um, Sorry, I'm like watching the video again. And like I just love their choreography and how they dance and how they come together. And I really love it, like this song. Like I, I like Dino. Is it Dino? Wait, no, it's not Dino. Who is this that I like? The one that I saw outside of like Vernon who was picked for me and I was like him was I want to say it was it was DK. I like I like I like I like men who look like they have a personality. Yeah. DK. I feel like DK might be my bias. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still early in my process. So maybe I will chart it every week and see how I'm into it. Do you know who else I discovered that is literally the love of my life, I think? And I don't even know. The only song I know from this band is uh, Steeler, which is a bop. I don't know anything about them. But, and they also have 13 members, is the boys. And so I recently discovered Sanjian. Am I pronouncing his name right? I don't know. From the boys. And I'm in love. I'm in love. I am in love. I haven't listened to anything else, <laughs> but I just love him. I think he's just really striking. He's a really attractive guy. Yeah, so young. It's always helpful. I wish they would give me the Korean first with these. Apparently his Catholic and his Christian name is Tobiah. So, but yeah, so I have to look into the boys as well. And then another discovery that I had which listen i'm not like listen okay here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing i am not doing so, so you know some people you see and you're just like no i'm not fucking i'm not fucking doing i'm not fucking doing that and you know who is my i'm not fucking doing that it's is it taeyong taeyong from sf9 let me look Oh, you guys sent him to me and I was like, this is, this is unacceptable. <laughs> and I refuse to engage in this narrative because he's just too good looking. He's too good looking. Like, let's see. Let me learn more. What did I do with my stuff? See, I've already blocked him. I've already blocked him off. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. Oh, yeah. Taeyang, this guy, he is, he is, I don't, he has to be one of the, the, one of the, like, when we talk about, so when people talk about Korean beauty standards and stuff like that, and like what they look like, although the only, the only thing about him is that he's definitely pretty melanated, considering, but he is tall, he's very thin, but he has this face. And I just am like, do you, like I said, SF9, and I just want to know, he's also a 97 line, of course, like, 
what is this dude like? Like, what is it like to be that pretty? And when they're that pretty, I can't really deal with it. But yeah, so those are some of my discoveries. Should we do discoveries of the week? I'm sorry I did not have much to say about 17. I'm still like, it's really hard to dive into a group that has fucking 13 members, 12 members, 13 members. But yeah, Taeyang is just like, I don't want none of that evil. I true like, y'all look him up. I'll put his profile in the comments now. Okay. Moving on. Let's finish up with, let's see, how, how long have we been talking for? <sighs> We're already at an hour. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. Let's do Map of the Soul 7 real quick. Uh, I feel like, oh, there's so much stuff I want to talk about. Like, I want to talk about the Weverse interviews. JK's came out. Hobie's came out. And I think Jen's just came out. Okay, I will talk about them in the OnlyFans. So if you're not a Patreon, this is a good time to become a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash fandom. You will be able to join the Patreon where I do bonus podcasts every week. And if you join at the $5 level, you can join the Discord. Okay. Let's talk about Map of the Soul. So overall, I think Map of the Soul is a masterpiece. Well, masterpiece. I think it's a really, really good album i think that it just is my biggest thing with map of the soul is that it just has too many songs like you don't have to do this like you don't have to add every single and i know that's like a part of like their i don't know how it works like somebody because somebody who's really into k-pop and has been for a long time explained to me why there'll be songs on other albums and they put them on different albums and stuff like that what is what is what is that please explain that to me okay so we're going to be talking about the, the the first 10 songs and sort of like my favorites, my least favorites. And again, it's Persona, Boy With Love, you know, you look at the list and you, you've got it. Okay. So I would say that overall, this half of the album is really strong. And like I said, even if you were to like make it to where it's just these 10 songs it would be a really good strong album but then of course you wouldn't have ug and some of those things but we'll talk about those next week so i really love intro persona i think it just sounds good like the the message behind it is really really interesting it's great and i love i always love for namjoon to get his shine in the sun and his achievements and everything like that because i love namjoon but i don't really have much to say about it other than it's really good i think the live presentation of it is really really interesting i think it's interesting when he's playing around with the president theme because you know that's what we call him is we call him the fucking president boy with love y'all all this shit that's happening all the shit that's been happening for the last year or so i want to take it all away and give it to boy with love the way that i simp for boy with love i just think it's the perfect pop song i know that there's a lot of unrest with an army around boy with love and i don't fucking understand it the song is a fucking bop you hear me it's like that meme where like they're pointing at a cat. That's me pointing. Like it just is the perfect pop song. It's such a great culmination of what BTS does better than it. Just like, it's just good. It's just fucking good. The like instrumentation on it, the rap parts, how everything integrates. I will say not enough Hobie. 
I feel like that's like my trend. Like I feel like I will say over and over again that nothing has enough Hobie, um, and it doesn't. But other than that, it's a bop. It's really like why don't why doesn't Hobie get more parts? Is my question. Every time he leads a song or has lots of parts in a song, the song kills. Like disease, all these other songs give Hobie his parts. So I think Boy with Love is amazing. I also think that Make It Right is another really great, uh, po- a really great pop song. Like whenever I get these, when, so as we get go back and sort of think about like what are some like locals contenders and stuff like that, and I like Make It Right is one of them. I know that they believe that too. I think that like the people behind BTS believe that too because they're always singing Make It Right. Uh, so I do think that they also believe that that sort of make it right is sort of the local song or it's like locals beat music and i agree james woo is just not boo it's just not me it's just a song that's not for me even though i think it's beautiful it's not a song that i like go to and listen to a lot Dionysus. i also think that that song is not like great i mean it's like fun but i think it's fun as a performance and maybe to like work out to, but as like a listen, as a casual listen, I don't know if it does much. Although the remix of it on um, what was the last concert, not this past concert, but the concert before, I really liked. I think it was like a trap remix of it. And, oh, okay, 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 okay. Also, have you guys noticed that the concert remixes of the songs are really good? But why does why why are the remixes on the albums not good like the permission to dance remixes and stuff like that. why is that questions i have questions i have okay let's keep going to do uh shadow i think shadow is amazing i just think that Sugar is a genius and it's such a great song i think that we don't talk about it enough the way it moves the arc of it the message it's just really, really great. And I'm sad that we're only going to ever see it. I'm ever going to see it twice. I don't know if they're going to bring those songs back out. But I just think that the message... And again, when we talk about like how BTS... How like as ARMY we're disappointed with the direction. is because like you get shit like this. That's so... Is Alfred shaking? Hi, Pumpkin. Uh, you get stuff that's so message forward and you just miss that is all okay and then we have black swan everybody loves black swan did you hear that crack in my voice that was a horny crack but i'm not horny everybody likes black swan for good reason it is that bitch it is that girl it is that everything i think i told you that introducing i I know that people say that black swan should be the grammy contender but i think i guys have told you guys that most people that i have given bts to uh black swan is never a hit for them so i thought that it was locals friendly but actually don't think it is i think it's just a good song for people who like bts i think that it's a little too because one of the ideas that bts has around or the people who run bts has around what makes a western song uh, popular is simplicity and i don't think that's necessarily true but i do think that there is like a barrier to which 
kind of American audiences will go with messages. Like, for example, we like message music, but we like it to be simple, straightforward storytelling. So I think that that's why some people like Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift, and even, I guess, in some regards, Billie Eilish, although, like, I think somebody said this in my Discord. I don't ever know what the fuck Billie Eilish is talking about. I really don't. So... <laughs> Okay, so then we have Filter. You know, the thing about Filter is that I never, I didn't really enjoy that song until I saw him perform it. Once he performed it, now I love it. Like, I'm obsessed with Filter. Like, I think that before I liked it and I was like, but I'd like really be in the mood for it. But now, like, I'm always in the mood for it because I have the mental picture in my head of Jimin performing the song, which is like, which was like a religious experience for me. Like, I was just like, wow imagine being that amazing imagine being that much of that bitch i can't relate i truly can't relate it's so fucking good he's so good like see like don't get me started on jimin and how much i love him please don't get me started because i will go off i really will okay so after filter is my time I think that's it, right? My my time in Louder Than Bombs. So, oh gosh, I don't, I cannot, I do not have enough good things to say. Like, I have too many good things to say about my time. I just think it's the, per, I think it's a perfect song. I think that JK's voice, I think that his voice on it is amazing. I think that that is his genre of music the way that he like is able to float like the sexiness and the while also it's like sexy while also being emotional while also having yearning which also being confident like it has all this amazing energy to the song the beat is amazing the lyrics are great i think that my time if it wasn't a solo song would be like also a good contender for a song that could be sort of like locals bait in english so yeah I love my time. I I mean, we have not had a conversation about the my time performance. I'm not going to start that here at all. Like, oh, like, can you? Oh my gosh. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. I just think my time is great. I never, I, it's always on my top played songs. I get in moods with it where it's like all I'll listen to for like a day or two or three or four or five. I just think it's a great song. It's also good to write too. So there's that. And then Louder Than Bombs. I think Louder Than Bombs is like a very classic BTS song. I feel like whenever we have, you know, BTS fans, they like, you know what I mean? Like, like BTS people like louder than bombs right although i think that army is also tired of louder than bombs because they have other songs that they would like for them to perform more i think is that the case but i think louder than bombs is still a really really good song so now let's do our designations of our favorite song so we're going to do favorite song least favorite song song for the locals and who's i guess who's I, I guess we'll wait to talk about whose era it was, whose era it is after next week when we finish. But okay, so my favorite song on the top half is really hard. This is really fucking hard. Oh my god, I want to say my. I really love "Boy with Love." Okay, I think it's gonna be. My favorite songs are Boy With Love and My Time. I can't pick. Oh, but Black Swan. 
Oh my gosh. Fuck. I'm going to pick Boy With Love. Wait, no. Okay. I'm going to pick Boy With Love for another category. So we'll do my time. No, Black Swan. I don't know. I don't know. My least favorite song is probably James Vu, just because, like I said, it's just not my thing. A uh, song for the locals. I think Boy With Love for sure is a song for the locals. The song, what was it? What, what else did I put on my thing? Let me look at my my thing. Make sure you go to Instagram and fill it out for the top half. Okay. Yes. Favorite song on the, on the album is definitely My Time or Boy With Love. Least favorite song, James. I don't even think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, track for the locals, Boy With Love. Favorite performance from this era. Oh, so are we, so are we talking about, so if we do the top, so like, what have we seen from the album from this half? So like, okay, so we've seen performances of all these. My time, right? <laughs> you have to give it to my time. Oh my gosh, but filter. Fuck. Oh, but like Boy With Love. But, oh, I don't know. Best performance of this era. Shit. I don't know. I'll think about this. I, I, I guess it's... Oh. But Diane Nice is... Uh, I have to think about it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So that was difficult. That's what happens when the albums slap like this. So see, the second half is going to be a little easier. No, it's not. Because we have On and I'm already going to tell you, Ugg is my favorite song. Zero O'Clock. I know people like that song, but it's not for me. And then On Sia, which is the worst. It'll be easy. Best performance in the back end is equal. Uh, should we just do it now? <laughs> okay, we're just going to do it now. No? Okay, we'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. Okay, so yeah, so that's it for this episode of Grown Ass Fando. Like I said, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to give it a review. Five stars, please. Share it with your friends. Follow me on Instagram. I'm really trying to grow my Instagram. It's sad because like my TikTok has like 27,000 followers and my <laughs> Instagram has 600 followers. So please follow me. I just really like Instagram so so much better because I get to talk to you guys throughout the day. I get to post thirst trap TikToks. I post my videos. It's just like a fun time. So please join me there. And actually, when you see this today, I'm going to be doing to celebrate 500 followers. I'm going to be doing some more fanfic inspired by photos of BTS. So be around for that. Okay, that's it. Have a great day. Bye. Black
I'm sorry. 